Hi, thank you for joining me today. My name is Johnny. This is John 2020 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. And today we're going to go over Romans 1 and we're going to go into Romans 1 to 2 a little bit. Um, the book of Romans is probably the deepest, most rabbit trail book <laughs> that I've ever looked at. I felt a tug from the Spirit to read Romans, so we're going to go through Romans here. Um, a little quick, I have the 95 NASB, so we're going to uh, go over some of the footnotes here real quick so we can all get a, a better understanding of the book of Romans. Alright, so um, title and background is that you know Paul wrote this letter um, when he's probably in Corinth, which is his third missionary journey, by the way, you know, and uh, he couldn't go to Rome, so he wanted to contact them and let them know what was going on with him and on his mind and through the Spirit, so he wrote this letter to them, Romans, to Rome. All right, and this letter is, you know, served as a uh, theological introduction, and he hoped for a personal ministry out of this as well. Um, so this is written by Apostle Paul, and it's believed to be written in the spring of 57 A.D., and here's what it says the theme and message and it's Paul's primary theme in Romans is the basic gospel God's plan of salvation and righteousness for all mankind Jew and Gentile alike that's the whole world that's what that means the gospel of God includes justification by faith but it also embraces such related ideas as guilt sanctification and security Romans is the most comprehensive and systematic statement of the Christian faith in the Bible and I agree Okay, so we're going to start with Romans 1. All right, Paul, a bondservant of Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. Concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. How beautiful is that? So Paul's letting you know who he is, letting you know where his authority is coming from. He's a bondservant, doulos, the Greek word doulos, bondservant or slave of Christ, called as an apostle. He's set apart for the gospel of God, which was promised through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Okay, And he's also letting you know who his son is, because he wants people to, because Jews are all big into who, where you come from and what's your lineage. And he's letting them know that Jesus is a descendant of David, according to the flesh. Okay? So, there's also a hint that it's, he's more than just flesh there. Alright? Because it's just according to the flesh. Alright, verse 5, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. Uh, the apostleship. So here's where the world is going to, how it's going to be saved. And how interesting that Paul addresses a lot of things here in the book of Romans that also struggle with Gentiles. Among whom you also are called of Christ Jesus. To all, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints. So now he's separating you. Here's for you too. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. The whole world. For God, whom I serve in spirit, in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you. Always in my prayers, making requests that perhaps now, at least by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. So he's, I'm trying to come to you, but here's how I'm going to talk to you now. So he's trying to get to you. He wants to, you know, see, see his, his brethren. Okay. But as you find out, you know, Paul went through a lot of uh, troubles, trials and tribulations, shipwreck, arrested, prison. I mean, the list goes on and on. Okay. All right. We're back at yeah, verse 11. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, I may be encouraging to encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by our by others' faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I that I often have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. So Paul's said here like three or four times, you know, hey, look, I'm trying to come to you. I, I, I get it. I, I would assume that he probably felt um, guilty and I'm just assuming here. I would assume that he probably felt guilty or you know, maybe felt bad that he hadn't made it to Rome. And he's trying very hard. He doesn't want Rome to think that he has forgotten about them. He's repeated here multiple times. And then Paul, but Paul says it here. I guess he's also trying to let them know that his responsibility, although he does want to be in Rome, he has a massive responsibility. And that's to the world. When he says in verse 14, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the barbarians both to the wise and to the foolish. Okay. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So, hey, look, I got to give it to everybody. I'm trying my best to come see you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written but the righteous man shall live by faith. Okay? Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So men who suppress the truth. All right, now we're going to start getting into some really deep stuff here, okay? All right? Verse 19. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, Who's them? The unrighteous. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Okay, so Paul's saying, look, you can't look around and not believe in God if you have no excuse. Okay, you have no excuse. 
And even today, okay, Big Bang, Big Bounce, Dark Matter. I mean, you can come up with a thousand different beliefs that you want and it still has to come from something. You can't get past it, okay? You just can't. You can believe any type of weird gas that was floating in space, okay? Even if you believe that. Where did the gas come from? Where did the space that the gas goes come from? Okay, you want to believe in laws that cause some type of antimatter or dark matter to get here. It's, it still has to go somewhere. It still has to get its powers or its, its, uh, the nature of, its, of it to do whatever it does. It still has to come from something. All right? So it, it just, you're really without excuse. All right, for verse 21, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts was darkened. Um, kind of like the Pharaohs with Moses, where God darkens the heart of the Pharaoh because he refuses to repent of his sin and see who God truly is. Alright. And verse 22. Professing to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Um, how many people worship the world today? Uh, you know, energy... Dark crystals, uh, you know, eagles soaring across the mountain, you know, I, 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 zodiac signs, worshiping the creation, getting the, getting, um, finding comfort and love in the creation and not the creator itself. Man has done this since the beginning of time and man continues to do it today. Therefore, and, the, and this is what happened, and this is what happens if you continue to walk down that path. God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Yeah, he's starting to talk about sex, isn't he? For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, whom is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural functions that which is unnatural. Women sleeping with women. And in the same way, also, so the same way, so we know what God, or excuse me, what Paul is talking about here. And in the same way, also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. I've heard some people exegete here that that is actually where, because of that type of homosexual relationship, the Bible is actually saying here you're going to get sick and you're going to, because of that act. Okay? Um, anal sex. Let's just, we're adults here. Men having anal sex with other men. And it causes disease. It does. 
their desire to want listen to this again their desire toward one another men with men committing indecent acts and receiving so the indecent act and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error think about that Verse 28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice, they all they are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil disobedient to parents without understanding untrustworthy unloving unmerciful boy what a list verse 32 and although they know the ordinance of god that those who practice such things are worthy of death they not only do the same but also give heartly approval to those who practice them so now, so Paul gave a massive list of a lot of things, right? And a lot of these things, though, most people of faith would agree on. Like, if you walked into a room of Christians and you're like, you know, hey, the, the, the homosexual uh, relationship is sinful, and it is, the whole room would be in agreement, pretty much. You know, 9 out of 10, 99 out of 100 Christians in there. Okay. But how many of those Christians in that room, this, this, you know, the hypothetical room full of 100 people who claim to be Christian, are also in relationships, sexual relationships with a man or a woman, a heterosexual relationship with a man or a woman, outside of marriage, which is a sin? Or how many of them are wrapped up in greed or pornography? Or gossiping. So, you know, they got don't you know look at the plank in your own eye. He's not saying don't call a homosexual not a sin. He's saying clean yourself up. Clean yourself up. Okay, chapter two. We'll go up. We'll go a couple verses into this. All right. Chapter 2, Romans chapter 2. Therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O oh man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? So he's, he's saying, Paul, and that ends with a question mark. So Paul's saying, what, do you think just because you call out others that God's not going to judge you? Verse 4, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kingdom and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. What a deep, deep verse. 
Verse 5, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. All right. Yeah, Romans is no joke. Romans is no joke. So, I just wanted you to go over this with you. Encourage you to read Romans. And (laughs) I will probably continue on another podcast here. On We'll start back where I stopped. um, Unless I feel led to do something else. But I want you to read Romans. Reread what I just read. Meditate on it. Pray on it. Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance because it is a deep, deep book. And you must, you know, a lot of Christians, we don't give the, the due just of the Old Testament. You got to know the Old Testament. Jesus quotes the Old Testament. The apostles quote the Old Testament. Paul quotes the Old Testament. Uh, Old Testament, I mean, even Jesus basically gave one of the first Bible studies after he resurrected, could you imagine that? In the end of the book of Luke, he said that uh, before he um, floated up, he said, you know, he did a Bible study with him and, and said, don't you know the scriptures are about me? And he opened their eyes. Think about that. you got to know the Old Testament. Read the Old Testament. I suggest a getting a a study Bible where it breaks down to where this okay so like for instance um, this NASB it says uh, we'll go back over verse I just read so Romans 1.30 slanderers, haters of God um, insolent, arrogant boastful inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, okay so then it's quoting Psalm 5.5 so then let's go to Psalm 5.5 okay So Psalm 5.5. Then this is a prayer from the protected protection from the wicked. We'll start off with verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning I will order my prayer to you and to eagerly watch for you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness verse 5 or excuse me uh, no evil dwells with with you verse 5 the boastful shall not stand before your eyes you hate all who do iniquity then verse 6 you destroy those who speak falsehood the Lord uh, abhors the man whose bloodshed and deceit but as for me by your abundant love kindness, I will enter your house. At your holy temple, I will bow in reverence to you. See, so once this was this is a prayer for the protection from the wicked. A psalm from King David for the choir director for flute accompaniment. So this was literally a, a hymn that they sung. You know, don't get me on a tangent about today's music. I like it. I like some of it, you know, but 
really listen to that. That was a hymn. That was like a song that they sung. Okay? So it's about, you know, hey, God, take me for who I am. And, you know, nothing's greater than you. No evil dwells among you. You know, it's just a different, feels different. I'm going off on a tangent here. Thank you for listening. Um, God bless you in Jesus' name.